All right, Justin. A, B, C, D, or E. D. D. Which that's just random news, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any news? Um, thought, no, D is whatever weird thought is in your mind. Oh, so yeah, the random news. It's the random shit. Like, okay, yeah. Um, oh, I've got a great one for D. the 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 Cowboys of the D lost last weekend. It was fan fucking tastic. And they lost Cow. in cowboy fashion by being the only team in the NFL to not score a fucking touchdown. They had the statistical number one offense last year. Couldn't get a fucking touchdown. Cowboys. And Dax out for like six to eight weeks. And I forgot that that Jerry got his, you know, medical doctorate and he's like, oh, four weeks. Fuck, he's dumb. (laughs) So... That's some random shit that comes to mind. Well, they'll be okay. Next year, they'll, they'll be okay. Sure. When Dak gets, you know, hurt for another six to eight games, because God forbid he plays a full season. So. Man, it just seems like ever since that injury, he used to be really durable, it seemed like. Like he was hardly ever injured. And then... After that injury, and then it was like, it just seems like every time preseason comes around, things creep up. You know, it was his ankle, or it was this, or it was that, or he may not play in the first game, or that he is going to play. Like, it was the same thing last season, too. Like, there were these scares that he may not play because something, an ailment, or this, that, and the other. I don't know. It just seems like here lately, he's just been... It's just something is always coming up with him. I don't know. But I I actually but, got reminded the other day. He's been in the NFL for seven fucking seasons. I feel like it's only been three. I don't <laughs> know why. In my head, I keep thinking he's been in the NFL for three seasons. But I guess I've thought that for like the last four seasons. So that's why he's now up to seven. But, <laughs> but yeah. Nope. But that, anyway. that was. But if it makes you feel any better, Justin, while I was watching that game, and the Cowboys were losing, and Dak got injured, I was thinking about you. Why? Because <laughs> I knew you were hating watching everything that that was happening. <laughs> So I thought of you. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard to watch. But I was already kind of skeptical and nervous going into the season. The moment Amari Cooper left the team and the moment they said Michael Gallup wasn't going to be back, I already knew that we were probably going to be in trouble. I didn't feel like they addressed a lot of the issues over the offseason. So it just felt like... I knew it was going to be an uphill battle, but I felt like maybe if they could come out, play well, and at least establish some momentum, maybe it could carry them. But, you know, 
obviously none of that happened. What are so, you talking about, Justin? You have all the momentum in the world with what Cooper Rush as your starting quarterback. All the momentum. Yeah. And I just kept hoping that I would see a NFL update that they went and got somebody or traded for somebody or something <laughs> while Dak was out. But of course that didn't happen. And some people are actually arguing that maybe Cooper Rush is the exact thing that needed to happen. Like, like they got away from what they're good at in a lot of people's opinion, which is being physical, pound the ball with Zeke and Pollard and the running backs and just kind of beat you at the line with, with their offensive line and move the ball like that. And then, you know, let Dak get you with play action and stuff like that, moving out of the pocket, making plays. But they, but people were like, they tried to be too cute. Kellen Moore is drawing up these these plays that aren't working, and and you know, Tampa Bay just really exposed them. And none of that cute stuff was working. And a lot of people think maybe they will actually get back to traditional football because they have to because Cooper Rush is now the quarterback. But honestly, you know- I just don't think any of that is going to work. I, I kind of agree, Justin. Um, you know, they should get back to that. They should get back to running the ball with Zeke. You know, because this was five years ago when he was good. <laughs> I mean, well, I, obviously, I, I mean, mean both no, running backs. No, well, I say that, saying, but I meant the both running backs. Oh, no, no, no. You, know. you did. You said Pollard. But Pollard only had, what, two carries less than Zeke did in this last game? And both of them ran for a combined yardage of, what, like five fucking feet like yep yeah yep. that's that, that that's my point it's like they're everybody's a- acting like the fucking dallas cowboys offensive line is like what it was five years ago when it was the best offensive line in football it's not that anymore running the football is nope. not gonna save you because your running backs aren't that good anymore i think pollard has a shot i think if you feed pollard more he could be an effective weapon ezekiel elliott You know, he's on the roster. I'll give him that. They have him listed as running back one. So I guess he's got that going for him. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I would go as far as to say they're not good anymore. But my thing is, is that, okay, yeah, maybe you, you could try to go back to that formula. But the thing is, is that what... What threat of the past are you presenting now to where people, you know, I just feel like defenses would just stack the box against them. So regardless of their talent or not, it's still going to be hard to run and they're not going to respect Cooper Rush. And then you don't have the kind of talent out there like Amari Cooper and stuff like that. If you take CeeDee Lamb away, which they did in this game, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm really surprised that, what's his name, Schultz didn't have like 29 catches. Because they made it damn near impossible to to hit CD. So, yeah, like you said, who the fuck else is he going to throw to? It should have been Schultz. Yeah. And every now and then, Schultz was a safety blanket, but... That's not, but, but, you know, none of that, that, that might get you a down, that might get you through a series or two of downs, but none of that is sustainable. 
So I just think they're just going to continue to lose games. And, and I think, and the thing, and the truth is like for me anyway, we already saw what happens when Dak is injured and not in the game. We know what that looks like. You know, we saw it last year. Like we know what it looks like when he's not in the game. We know what that looks like. It's so fantastic. And it's bad. Fantastic. <laughs> it's terrible. Justin, you're using you know, the wrong and it's bad. It's great. So, you know, it's kind of hard to be optimistic and go, oh, well, maybe they'll get back to what the way they used to play. Like when Dak was out and you had a better team, you had a better team. You had Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback. Good you had Amari Cooper out there. You Where had a more a much now? fresh Zeke and a much fresher Pollard, and you still couldn't do anything in the in a lot of those games. So how is it supposed to be better now with less talent and Cooper Rush? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my thoughts on it, but we'll see. You know. I didn't realize Andy Dalton was in New Orleans. Yep. Yep. I guess. I mean, good for him. He's making money, so. Um, <laughs> anyway. anyway. Sorry, Heather. This, this went longer than I thought it was going to go. All good. <laughs> Enough football talk. <laughs> um, if you want something, you know, nice and positive to look forward to, though, Justin, I've got something for you. And this is for everybody. There's a video going around TikTok of young black women and girls reacting to the teaser trailer of the new Little Mermaid movie. And it is wholesome and heartwarming as fuck. Yeah. I've seen it I, a few times. I need <laughs> to really check good. that out. We'll find it for it's you. It's amazing. Justin. It's just, yeah, yeah. Send me the- it's a nice little thing. Everybody should go look for it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's my favorite thing on the internet right now. It's so amazing. I love it. Yeah. Just nice little wholesome ass shit. It and I also love good. seeing the ones that are like the, it's the moms of the kids that are white and just seeing like how they're going to react. And they're just like being kids though. And they're just like, why doesn't she have goggles on? Like just <laughs> that's their problem with it. <laughs> And I love that, too, because it means that, you know, they're not being weird about it. So. There was a funny little breakdown. And the guy was like, the guy shows like it's the picture of the new Ariel. And it's like, I can explain to you what the problem with this scene is. And then it cuts to the animated version of it. And it's breaking down whenever they're playing under the sea. There's a blue lobster. And when he plays the shells, the the scales that the scale he plays roughly lines up with the direction of the shells he plays. But then Sebastian comes and starts playing the shells and he's just hitting random shells. But it does the same scale. And so it's like and then right afterwards, the like other lobster looks at him and he's like, yeah, that's the problem with this scene is Sebastian just comes in obviously making more money than this other lobster and just comes in, fucks up his gig and walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. But what, what also sucks about it though, 
I, I'm glad to hear that, you know, little black girls are reacting that way. But the other side of that is, is that I believe the YouTube video has a million dislikes, like a million See, that's crazy. I find that weird that you're just going to go out of your way to actually press a button on the internet to just go, I'm racist about shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. That's just because that's really the only, I don't know another reason they'd just immediately be like, nope. I mean, I get it like with the Lion King live action. I was kind of like, I don't want to see it because I don't think it's going to be better. But this one has potential to be better. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, this one you can argue is actually live action. True. The other still just animals. You can't really <laughs> argue that the Lion King is live action. It's That's not fair. fucking yeah. lions. You know, it's all CGI. So you can argue that there's at least a difference. There's a point. There's something. They were calling it a live action Lion King, right? Or did I make I that up? I think everybody just called it that. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that that was actually what Disney officially called it. Because it's not. It's 100% a CGI movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, there's a point with this. that You know, I, I was not really a fan of the live action Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and it has everything to do with the random fucking songs they added. They're so dumb. And then there's the one when the beast is like singing this new ballad that the beast sings about, you know how like there's the scene and spoilers for the live. I don't know who gives a fuck. That movie's like 20 years old at this point, but you know, in, in beauty and the beast, there's a scene when beast looks like in the mirror or whatever and realizes that Belle's not coming back. Like, but he doesn't realize that she's being like, held against her will type of thing. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. In the live action movie, Beast then does this like ballad about how he's sad that she's not coming back, but he loves her, but he's sad and all this shit. And he starts jumping around from tower to tower of his castle. One of the worst fucking things ever committed to film. (laughs) I haven't seen the live action, so it's yeah. Just yeah, dumb. And then also, I think just in that movie, the singing overall was a little lackluster. It just didn't hit the 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 actors and actresses. All I'm putting them all in a category, all in the category. It's not necessarily one person's fault. I just think overall. The, the the singing and the voices, it just didn't really hit, man. Like, I think it should have. It just didn't hit. It just didn't quite, they just didn't quite get there, so to speak, with the notes. That's fair. That's but fair. To, but to the Little Mermaid preview, when, 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 when Holly Bailey sang, boy, she can blow. <laughs> she can blow. So that yeah, also makes really me a little excited for it. Like maybe we're going to have actors and actresses who really can add something to the songs rather than just, you know, just kind of copying them. Even when she sang that part of part of your world, she did it 
not like how it was done in, in the in the original cartoon. It was uh I don't know, for lack of a better term, it was blacker. And I kind of liked it. <laughs> I liked it. I Is mean, it- obviously there's a technical term for what she did, but how she like. She just made I, it her own. Yeah, but she made yeah. it her own. And I like that. Is it racist or terrible if I say I know what you mean? <laughs> no, no, right, because if you know music, you know what I mean. Like she, you know, she she kind of but but I like how Heather said it. She made it her own. And to that point, I think when you can sing, you have the ability to do it. Well, obviously you do. We got million, how many shows and how many shows have been dedicated to people having enough talent to make a song their own when they cover it, that that's, you know, we know this. So maybe that element can add something special to the movie. Yeah. But it's also up to whether or not the director and the producers of the movie will actually let them do it. Cause maybe to your point earlier, Justin, maybe that's the problem with beauty and the beast. Is they mm. didn't let them do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know? True. They they didn't also, let anybody make their roles them their own. They just went, you do your best copy of this other shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't Davi Diggs in this movie? Yes, he is. Yeah. I want to say he plays so, Sebastian. I hope that they, that's why I'm just like, I hope they kind of let some of these people playing these characters do their own thing. Yeah, because like you have these musicians like use them, (laughs) you know what I mean? But didn't I think Lin-Manuel wrote a lot of the music or something, right? So I'm sure he'll let them do their own thing with it. I think he arranged the music in this. Okay, Hmm. I did not know that he's in it. He's he's going to play the chef that tries to. Oh, oh, really? Sebastian. Yeah, (laughs) there's that. Um. Yes, David Diggs is Sebastian. Uh, Jacob Trimbley is Flounder. What was he oh, in? Oh, okay. Oh, from The Room. Yeah. Good Boys. Mm. And Luca. I forgot he was in, he did Luca. So, yeah, he's going to be Flounder. I, I like the fact that uh, Javier Bardem... It's going to be King Triton. Oh, I think that's a nice that's little cool. change. Too. Yeah. And then uh, Melissa McCarthy is going to be Ursula. Yeah, it's a good cast of people. So I, I think that they have potential with it. You know. There was a, I saw a scientist talk about this. Because, you know, one of the big things that so many people, when they want to be racist, but they love saying they're not racist. When they say things like, well, scientifically speaking, if they're deeper in the ocean, they would get less sunlight. So therefore they'd be lighter because they wouldn't have melanin. So therefore it's scientifically inaccurate for this fake creature to be black. <laughs> this this marine biologist yeah, was like, dumb. okay, well, some creatures deep underwater are translucent. There are other creatures that are also have like just the most melanin ever. 
they're like, there are some fish in like squid. They're just like solid black. So your point's still dumb. Like, I do yeah. think it's funny that people being racist about this is actually getting people interested in marine biology, apparently. So, <laughs> really, <laughs> <laughs> just so much effort to be upset about it. Yeah. Just way too much. And the sad part is, is that in the original cartoon, didn't the movie start with showing like the eight, like it was like eight or nine sisters of, you know, daughters of Triton or whatever. And weren't they all races? Weren't weren't they? I know they were at least all hair colors. He had every hair color imaginable. Um, I do think one of his daughters is darker, though. I yeah. want to say, I'm going to go back and watch it, but the, that scene, but I want to say that they were of all different races. I could be wrong about that, but I am, but, but definitely they had different hair colors, but I could, but I swear they were all different races of daughters, but do now you know, it's a problem. Do you know why I don't think you're right, Justin? Why? Because it was Disney in the eighties. Hmm. Maybe. And but I, I kind of well, I don't know why I want to remember that. bit multicultural until the late nineties, and even then they still <laughs> cast white people to be the the voices of all their non-white people. So they are they are not um, all races. I'm sending a picture to you guys though because it's mm. definitely the hair colors though. Okay, yeah. I want to see in the I'm cartoon wrong. though, Justin. I do say I do think in the animated series. He does have one of them is actually darker skinned in that one. Dang. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, they're all okay. Look at them, Justin. Just all kinds of Disney whiteness. Yeah. They're just, <laughs> yeah, you were right. It was just different hair colors. Dang. But I mean, it's, it's still, it's one of those things though, that I do love how all these people also now are weird fantasy uh, traditionalists now all of a sudden you know because they're like we can't have black dwarves and lord of the rings and we can't have black mermaids and this and that or black dragon riders because you know one of the Targaryens or Targaryen cousins is, is black in house of the dragon and rides a dragon and they're like we can't have all this shit and I'm like you do realize that like fantasy literature for so long was racist as fuck people like <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's like saying we need to go back to a simpler time, like the 1940s. That's all you're saying. Yeah. That that's what yeah. they don't understand. The reason why you didn't see a lot of black characters in those things wasn't because of of some attempt to be accurate in this fantasy shit. It was just because that was the agenda at the time, man. Like they didn't want any black characters. They could have had them. They weren't thinking about them. They either weren't thinking about them or they purposely left them out. Or, you know, and that was just an acceptable thing at the time. But but they want but it wasn't because of some accuracy or whatever. Like this is all fantasy shit. Why are you cool with a dragon existing and somebody riding around (laughs) on a dragon? But it's impossible for you to see a black person in the sad show that doesn't make any sense to me 
Well, I saw somebody making like this weird argument on TikTok about how um, they're like, oh, yeah, try to recast a live action Moana and make it a white person and people would be mad. And this guy was like, but um, mermaids aren't real. That's that's the difference. (laughs) Like, well, it's you know what I mean? the The rest of the difference is, is Hollywood has done that shit before. I mean, yeah, that's that's not a new thing. You're just saying, hey, let's make movies like in the 60s. Fuck. Let's make movies like 10 years ago. That's all you're really saying. Like, what if we cast this white person as this obviously not white character? Yeah. Yeah. And that would be a problem, too, because the like the whole point of that story, like such a major part of that character, it's about her culture and where she came from. So, yeah, that would be a problem. But. Little Mermaid is Little Mermaid. Like white people you know. in general do have a problem understanding like culture, like actually what the yep. word culture means. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, well, it's a Finnish fairy tale or Norwegian, whatever the fuck, you know, one of the Scandinavian fuck countries. And they're like, well, it's that kind of fairy tale. I'm like, yeah, but nothing about it is inherently like Swedish. You know what I mean? They're not like going, yep, we're running around Sweden. Yeah. And nothing about the Little Mermaid, which is the with the Disney version, which is the version at hand. Even if that fairy tale might have had, like you said, some sort of cultural implications, definitely the Disney doesn't. It's just yes. characters in a story. And that story has nothing to do with their cultures. It could, they could right. literally be anybody. So like so yeah. just like Heather said, that's the difference between like having Moana be white, well, that completely, like, she was Samoan. She was, you know, th- th- there was a That's whole story built around people. her culture. So just to go, we're going to have a white character play it is that that's something else entirely. Exactly. You know? Like yeah. how they were like, like, I saw memes of, you know, Ryan Gosling is Black Panther and all of this stuff. And I'm like, well... Like, but it's it's just like Sterling said, like, you're not understanding that the whole Black Panther story has a lot to do with his culture, his African culture. Yeah. It would just be completely asinine and insensitive to just cast somebody not of that culture. Well, it would it would make no sense. And that's that's the problem that these people yeah. don't understand. There is absolutely zero anything about Ariel that you can tie down to technically anything that could be considered a cultural aspect of whiteness or any sort of specific culture of whiteness. Um, Mm -hmm. There's nothing that really unifies it in that, in that regard. And weirdly enough in a weirdly, I guess you can almost argue proactive way. Uh, that Disney has done is actually most of their princesses aren't inherently white by nature other than technically I think Snow White because they literally like in that why her name is Snow White that her Mm. skin was white as snow or whatever yeah something like that Mm -hmm. but that's really about it there's nothing like Cinderella and especially like you said Jastin the Disney Cinderella there is nothing inherently about that character that goes, 
she has to be white. Yep. And also, Nothing where was all. this energy in the fucking 90s whenever ABC did the one with Brandy as Snow White? Or, I mean, as yeah. Cinderella. Nobody gave a fuck back then. Exactly. Like, well, in that was, movie even makes less sense that you would you would think that the racists would love to jump on that movie. Because, like, Prince Eric, I want to so say, is, is Asian. But his, like, mom is black and his dad's, like, white. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> like, they just threw anybody into that, which is fine. It was fine. You know, it was as good as something, I guess, Cinderella for made-for-TV movie could be. It was, it was what it was. But nobody gave a fuck about that. And then all yeah. of a sudden, now we have to keep Disney pure. All these fucking asshats that are pissed off at Disney anyway, talking about how Disney does this, Disney does that, but now they want to keep Disney pure? Make up your fucking yeah. minds, people. Yeah. We have gone so long talking about this. And I feel like <laughs> it's because I am infinitely more interested in this than our actual movie tonight. <laughs> This matters more to me. But uh, yeah, but like Justin, yeah, one of us, me, Heather, somebody will send you that video of these young girls. And like some of them are actually like young adults. And they're still like having that moment because it's still like a first time in their fucking life type of thing. And it's just heartwarming as shit. That's tight. And I do like the videos on TikTok that have this. Where it is these people that are like, how do you watch this video and still fucking be mad about this casting? Like, just seeing. Yeah. How happy they all are. It's amazing. Yeah. So, anyway. Here's something that I don't have a good trans- transition for this one. Um, <laughs> here's something that's definitely not racist. Did I make it? Don't say iffy. That's iffy, Heather. It's not iffy. This is not racist. Nobody else. Nobody knows anything but you. I hope it isn't. <laughs> I know that would be very weird if we just followed up that segment with terribly Cinema racist songs. Slayers. I was just saying the transition was iffy. Oh, okay, the, the transition the was iffy as fuck. <laughs> the statement is correct. The transition was what was like. Iffy about That's it. fair. Have you ever had anybody? Oh, I could have. I should have done the actual intro. Fuck that. It made me think of something. Have you ever heard anybody try to justify like keeping the songs, uh, some of the Disney songs and Disney attractions that were based around songs, uh, songs of the South? Like, oh, gosh, there no. are people right now in this world that are genuinely upset that they changed the characters of Splash Mountain and the whole region of Splash Mountain, which is all based on animal characters from Songs of the South, to uh, Princess and the Frog themed characters. Really? And they're like, well, why are they changing this? I'm like, because Songs of the South is terrible. Exactly. And like, and people are like, well, nobody knew it was terrible. I'm like, no, people know it's terrible. 
And also, okay, in the 1970s, you didn't have access to resources, so you may, might not actually have known that Songs of the South actually existed. You might not have known what it was about. Sure, okay, fine. It's 2022. We know what the fuck it's about. So, why are you upset that they're getting rid of it? Like, you, you know what it's about now. You can't make the argument you don't know what it's about. Exactly. You know? I get it. We all grew up on Zippity Doodah. We all grew up on that song. And we all used to think it was a happy song about, you know, what a great day you were going to have or it was going to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's a slave singing that song because he has to convince himself that life does not suck being a slave. Yeah. I used to hum that song and sing that song anytime it came on. And then when I found out the real truth about it, it just, that that just floored me, man. And I was like, my God, man, they had me humming that shit. Yeah. That's, that's I felt dirty. Fun. Like I felt like I had just, it, it felt, man, it just felt wrong. So wrong. After that. Yeah. Like it is a complete mind fuck when you find out about all that shit. You're just like, oh man. Oh yeah. One other thing I wanted to talk about. This is a Disney themed episode. Apparently fuck the barbarian. This <laughs> it is must Disney. be. I know. It must God, be. apparently this new Pinocchio sucks. But then also at the same time, is anybody surprised Has there ever actually been a good Pinocchio movie? Now, be honest with yourselves. Has there ever been a good Pinocchio movie? Ever? The answer is no. And I am including the original Disney animated Pinocchio. There has never been a good Pinocchio movie. Never. Come on. Come on. Justin, be honest with yourself. (laughs) <laughs> be truly honest with yourself kind of sucks I don't know man Wish Upon a Star is a pretty iconic song I'm not Got saying going for it. I'm not saying there's not some iconic Disney shit the worst Disney can still pull a random Disney iconic moment but I guess when you think about the story okay wouldn't if he lies his nose grows and it's bad and he's got to be truthful so he can be real because I guess being truthful is real, which I kind of get that, but the whole pleasure Island thing turned to donkeys and then we wind up inside of a whale. A big plot point in this movie is child sex trafficking. That's all I'm saying. That is an integral part of the Pinocchio story. Yeah, because he was, because, um, what's his name? Whatever his name was, was kidnapping them. And then they would go to that island called Pleasure Island. To smoke and drink and become donkeys. That I yeah. can only assume he was then fucking. The movie gives me no reason to think that that was not the progression <laughs> that that happened. Yeah. 
uh, and he, well, and even if it wasn't, he was just selling them or using them for labor. So basically they were, it was trafficking. It's, I mean, however you want to say it, it was human trafficking because then they were becoming donkeys and then he was using them for labor, selling them, et cetera. Eating them, maybe, who knows? Probably eating them, too. I mean, why not? And fucking them. I'm telling work, you, that, ben, that animated character looked like a donkey fucker. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if you put a lineup of cartoon characters... And he was there. I'd go, that's the donkey fucker. Right there, officer. The the man that fucks donkeys. Just saying. But it's only an hour. You know what I mean? It goes down easy. You're just like, oh, man. Yay, they got out of it. And him and his father. But it's this still- new one is an hour and 50. They added, they added almost another hour to the story. Yeah. Why? Because the the original story sucks. It's just so short. It's shitty. It's too short for me to fucking watch. Do you know how hard you have to try to make a movie that's too short for me to fucking watch it? I didn't know you felt like this. I didn't know you felt like this about Pinocchio. Justin, at this point, it's safe to say that if it's anything Disney prior to like, I don't know, 2002... I probably have an issue with it at this point. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> in some but, way, shape, or form, I got some issues. But you're right, though. Like, well, you're right. But even if I were to put that one, every other Pinocchio I can think about is kind of bad, huh? That Roberto Benigni is not good. That J- Pinocchio's Revenge is not good. That, J- G- that JTT one isn't good. Mm-mm. This one's nope. not good. That Polly Shore one's not good. The only one to me that stands a chance of being good is maybe the Skelmiro del Toro one. Because it might mm. feel like a traditional yeah. fairy tale and be all fucked up in this and whatnot. But mm. outside of that, I'm just saying, like, is Pinocchio good? And the answer is no. So why do people keep trying? You know, that's all I'm saying. And with that, Justin, do you want to know my counter argument to where you're like, oh, but Wish Upon a Star, it's got some stuff. Dumbo's got some iconic moments in it too, Justin, and Dumbo sucks balls. Mm. I guess it was kind of iconic when he flies for the first time or whatever. Yeah. But then you have the Jim Crows a few scenes later. And then you have that also that terrible... Like fucking hallucination scene too. Yeah. All of that. That was great. You see? That's all I'm saying, Justin. But it's got some iconicness in it. I mean, dude, they have the whole ride where you the the Dumbo ride at Disney World alone means that Dumbo's iconic. Cause that's an iconic yeah. as fuck ride. I wrote that. See? When I was little. You get in there, you spin around, uh oh, I'm on Dumbo. Yeah, it was fun. See, it's iconic in its childhood memory alone for you, Justin. And it sucks. The movie's terrible. <laughs> it's garbage and should no longer exist. <laughs> Just anyway. I'm going to play the last little part of our intro music and actually start this episode. 
Okay, yeah, because we keep not. So, yeah. So. Should I play the whole song again or just a little pew at the end? Just go pew before we lose everybody's patience. That's fine. Yeah, here yeah, we go. go for it. <laughs> Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie The Barbarian. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description of both the podcast and YouTube to allow you to jump around as you so require. Apparently, this one's going to start with a 40-second or a 40-minute thing before it actually says The Barbarian. And also, quick apologies for the last two videos, because unfortunately, while Jastin was here and we were all recording in person, I fucked up both times we recorded episodes, and we don't have video for either one of them. That's on me, my bad, but you got audio for it. But look at us. We're all back. We're back in YouTube glory because we're not all sitting at the same situation. So I'm not changing setups and fucking it up because I'm just, you know, doing it off the top of my head and thinking I'm doing it right. So... Yay. Hello, people. Now that you can see us. <laughs> and I, we spend so much time talking about the studio we recorded in, in the last time, and you get to see none of it. Yeah. So. Sorry. Oopsies. No. It was a good effort. But, yes. And with all that being said, uh, Heather, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about uh, the barbarian. Um. Well, I I'm conflicted on this one. I I do think it did some things well, but I also and I think kind of really not fully knowing what to expect about this movie helps with it because props for the actual like trailer for this movie not really giving a whole lot away. Um, I will say that much for it. Um, but, hmm, it is disturbing to be sure. Yes, it is definitely a disturbing movie. Um, I do think the performances are really good from the people that you see. Um, I think that it, it it's very good at building, at least for me, it was good at building that tension up for like, Okay, like you're slowly getting reveals of things going on with the actual story and what's actually going on. And I think that they that I think that suspense paid off in the sense of like they they really they they try to earn sort of like how they reveal things to you. And I appreciated how they did that for the most part. Um, You know, you just get little bits and pieces and. And then you finally figure out what's actually happening and you're just like, oh, this is not what I expected it to be <laughs> at all. But um, I, I think they did well with that piece of it because you, I, I can't really say that I saw coming what the reveal actually is of what it is going on. But I do also think that once we get past that point in this movie, it is slightly predictable with a lot of things with it. So it's, I don't know. I'm a little conflicted on this movie guys, because I did like some elements of it. Like I can't say that I was bored at any point in this movie. 
I think this movie was very good at keeping your attention the whole time because you just really want to know what in the world is going on. Um, but again, I feel like not all of it adds up and it feels a little bit anticlimactic at points. So it was, I think, I, I think it was better than it. I think it was good more than it was bad, I guess I'll say. But I can't, I don't know. Like I kept hearing people talk about like, man, this is like the scariest movie of the year, all these things. And I don't know if I agree with that. It's definitely the most disturbing probably, but that's not necessarily the same as like scare, like a good scary movie, but it is definitely very disturbing. Um, I don't know. I, I'm conflicted, but I would say it's a fine movie. Um, again, I liked it, I guess, more than I didn't like it, but I think I'm just still a little conflicted on how I feel in general about it because of, it's a lot to chew. (laughs) It's a lot to take in, I think. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, Justin, what about you? Yeah, I think I get, um, exactly where you're coming from with some of that. Um, I think that the first maybe 40 or so minutes of this is like, great. I really do. I I think when the film is like taking its time and you're kind of getting to know certain characters and it's kind of setting things up and you don't quite know where it's going and it's a little unpredictable. I think, I think there are certain points in it where it keeps you guessing and all of that stuff was good as far as just tension and, um, you know, jump scares were, were, were I thought done well for the most part. You know, I was in the theater watching with people and people were jumping, you know, people were screaming and stuff like that. People were reacting to the film. So I, I think when it was doing a lot of those horror element things, it was, it, it was doing them well. Like I said, I really liked like the first 40 minutes of it. As it, then it does some things and it makes some decisions. And I really thought like, and and some of the decisions were so kind of abrupt that I was like, oh no, you know, did this just completely ruin its momentum? Like, I was like, oh no, like, I don't know if I would have done it this way. And I was really scared for it. You know, because I thought I felt like maybe they made some decisions towards the middle there, like the 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 transition from like the second or third act. I think that's about where it happens. Um, I was really nervous for it because it had me going and then it was like it did some things and I sort of had to like do a reset without saying so much. And I don't know if that was a great decision all the way. But ultimately, um, by the time the movie got to the end, I did overall, I think, enjoy it more than I didn't. Like, I, I, I think it's, it, it, it had a great first half. It didn't quite all come together in the second half. But overall, 
it ended okay enough. I guess I appreciated it enough to where I was okay with it when it was all said and done, you know, and, and to Heather's point, I did have an enjoyable time watching this. I think, like you said, Heather, not knowing much about it, because I had only seen like that one preview for this. And it's not, like you said, it's nothing like the preview that I ultimately saw. Um, and I think that where it succeeds and why I guess people are liking it so much is because a lot of the things that it succeeds at are horror things that a horror movie should succeed at. You know, it does keep you guessing. It does build tension successfully in a lot of ways. It has some, it has a good atmosphere. It has good jump scares and, and it has all of those and and a lot of the story elements do work for this horror story that they're trying to tell. Most of it does. I just think maybe it got too ballsy. Maybe they took too many risks. Maybe they did too many things that maybe all just didn't come together at the end. And maybe if you had made some different decisions, maybe even told the last part of a story a different way, I probably would have liked it even more. So, I, but I have to give it points, man. It was different, man. I, I thought that it was kind of cool for the most part. I felt like it was, it felt unique enough in the storytelling for me to like it, I guess. But ultimately, it, it it's the sum of all of its parts. It does have some flaws, especially towards the end, I think. And like the resolution, not enough for me to just to, to like not recommend or dislike it. But uh, it, it definitely sort of struggled to the finish line, I thought. When I saw this movie, it was in a fairly crowded theater. It was actually a fairly like filled out theater. And I was very surprised by that. But I kind of disagree with you, Justin. I feel like the theater that I saw this with also disagreed with you. The crowd I was with actually laughed more than they jumped from things in this movie. Like there's a scene that's pretty much like the halfway point of this movie. People in my theory didn't laughed. And I don't think that was the reaction that this uh, director wanted for that scene. But I get it. I didn't necessarily laugh out loud, but I was like, that was a, that was a choice that they made. <laughs> and, you know, uh, this movie made a lot of choices. I didn't think that anything in this movie was particularly unique. I've seen a version of this story play out in an episode of the X-Files. You know, I've, I've seen just elements of this story before. I think the elements that they build in this universe within the context of the movie itself don't actually line up with what the movie says, which to me pulls me out. That's one of my biggest problems with, with certain movies is whenever you break your own rules, you can create whatever rules you want. I mean, I'm a fairly big fan of the Sharknado movies. 
And that's just because they follow the rules of the Sharknado universe, which apparently is a universe where Sharknados exist. I'll accept anything in a movie, but you also have to accept it too. You have to follow your own rules. You can't just create your own rules in a movie to break them. That's the biggest way to get me to check out of your movie. This movie does that. And this movie has one of the, to me, the most awkward transitions in movie history. And I feel like it undoes the trans, or like does another transition later in the movie. And I think it handles it better than the transition we get in the middle of this movie. Um, I don't know. Nothing was particularly dis- like extra disturbing to me. I don't know. I just, nothing about this movie truly stood out to me or surprised me or jumped out at me to like really go. Yeah, that was great that this movie did it. I feel like so much of this movie I've seen in other movies. I've, and I liked it better in other movies. So in a lot of ways, this movie just ended up kind of being a movie to me. You know, and I think that's why I was so way more interested in talking about the history of Disney movies than I was this. Because to me, this is just just another movie. You know, I think to me, the the hype doesn't doesn't help it. To me, it was a lot like uh, there's a movie uh, that came out, a David Cronenberg movie. Came out a few months ago called Crimes of the Future. And they're like, it's one of the most visually disturbing movies you'll ever watch. People were leaving the theater and throwing up when they watched it at film festivals. It's just too much to handle. God, I was bored out of my goddamn mind when I watched that movie. There's nothing in that movie that just has not been done somewhere else, too. You know, David Cronenberg might have been the king of body horror back in the 80s, but... A lot's happened since then. We as a whole are infinitely more desensitized now. And I, yeah, I was bored in Crimes of the Future, waiting, begging to be disturbed. Because that's the whole point of watching that movie is to be disturbed. Because, you know, the movie lacks pretty much all substance. So I was waiting to be disturbed. It just never happened. And I feel like this movie's kind of the same way. I was waiting to have a good jump scare. I was waiting to be grossed out by something. And I just got shit I've seen before. So. After when it was done, I was just kind of like, well, that's something I did on a Saturday night. And that's really the only impact this movie's had on my life is it filled like what two hours of a Saturday night for me. Uh, recommendations and scores. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Recommendations and score. And it wasn't even a particularly great Saturday night either. Like the popcorn was just okay. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have any pretzels. 
So I was just, you know. That's not a good way to set yeah, the mood for your movie. It's just what happens. Somebody was sitting in my assigned seat. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and I don't play that game because I, I was the first person to get tickets to that movie. I have my seat. I sit in that seat. <laughs> so you made the move. Yes. Fuck that noise. And I showed up <laughs> like 30 seconds before this movie started. I'm like, yeah, that's my seat. Mine. Did they think they were in the right seat or they were just kind of like, I don't, I don't give care. a fuck. I don't know. I just walked up saying <laughs> that's my seat. They got up. So they knew they were in the wrong seat. Yeah. Cause otherwise <laughs> it'd be like, Oh really? Hold on. Kind of thing. You know? So they probably just, didn't that care. was theater 13 G nine. When I go to an AMC theater, at least in new Lenox, Illinois, I am in H nine. Or G9. Every fucking time. Well, I say that. There are some theaters that uh, don't have the seat nine. Because they don't have. There's a, like a little gap area in some of their theaters. Some of them don't have it. But then I just in the, I'm in the middle of the back row. But if they've got the gap in the back row. I am in seat nine. Because that is the one where I can only have somebody on the left side of me. No one can be on the right side of me because there's a rail. So I sit there and it's delightful. So anyway, I don't know. I mean, if you've got nothing to do on a Saturday night like me, I guess. Sure. Go spend two hours watching this movie. If not, I don't know. Wait till it's on a streaming service. And if not, I don't know. Wait till your friend puts it on TV. I don't know. I just sure watch it. Sure. Don't. It is both a fine time to spend doing something for two hours and it's also not worth it. So I guess I'm starting off recommendations scores. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing until I did all that. I'm starting (laughs) it apparently. (laughs) I give it a fucking 50. All right. It's a 50. What the fuck ever is out of a hundred. Uh, Heather, what about you? Real quick though. I did notice like when Jason was here, I think all of us have very different seating preferences at movie theaters. <laughs> and that was interesting to learn that we're all very much like my neck hurt. We have after watching a movie <laughs> in Jaston's preferred seating. How do you do that? Jaston? <laughs> I felt like a kid back in the day, just like craned up at a movie. How do you do that? Well, it was a little different than how, when I go to the Synergy. So it wasn't quite what I'm used to, but it was all right. I was cool. The, the chairs reclined. I mean, it was, I was fine. It was so close to the screen, Justin. <laughs> I felt like if I like put my hand out, I'd be touching the screen. We were so close. That's part of the adventure. You don't like that? You don't like being that close to the action? No. (laughs) I'm in the back row. I'm where if I look just straight ahead, like I don't have to tilt my neck, nothing. I just look straight ahead. I'm in the middle of the movie screen. Anyway, Heather, what are your your recommendations and scores? I like to be on the right side. That's my recommendation. (laughs) Sit on the very end of the aisle. (laughs) No, um... I, 
I don't know. I think that I do think I agree with Jason in that the first the first like, yeah, 40 ish minutes of this movie is the best part of it and the best storyline that you get. Um, and I was more interested in that than most of the rest of this movie. <laughs> but um, I. Hmm, I do think I will recommend it because it's it's so it's interesting just the movie itself is interesting and like Sterling you you know you said it's not really doing anything unique and I see what you mean but at the same time the whole concept of the movie feels a little bit unique even if it doesn't have unique things they're doing within it the concept of it was different so I kind of liked that um I I will say recommended just because I don't think you're going to see anything necessarily quite exactly like it. Um, but also just because it's one of those where I left it and I was just like, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> so I just want to know if anyone else is going to feel that way about it too. Like just very conflicted on their feelings on it. But um, it was fine. I will give it probably a, um, Hmm. I think I'll give it a 68 um, instructional videos on breastfeeding out of 100. That was also a choice that was made. Um, <laughs> it definitely was. Justin, what about you? Take <laughs> us home with the, the recommendations and scores because I totally fucked that all up. So take us home. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that it's it was it was a an enjoyable enough time. I think for me to recommend. I think that the the film does overall have some entertainment value, and um, it's interesting that you said you got laughs in the middle of the film. I my theater got laughs, but it wasn't until towards the end. Then there was a laugh moment. Um, but it happened in my theater towards the end. Um, but but I think that for a horror movie, you know, sometimes horror movies are these great, like, thought-provoking kind of movies. And then sometimes horror movies are just these kind of adventurous, sometimes silly, sometimes illogical. But if you just go with it, it's all right. I don't know. I feel like this one, if you accept what is happening and you just kind of go with the story as it's trying to tell it and it tells it in such a, it just makes so many unique choices that I don't know if they're all good, but it's kind of one of those things where I guess I just appreciated the unorthodoxness of it. I guess you could say, I think because of the way it tells the story, it has a way of keeping you guessing. I honestly did not know where exactly this movie was going until I got, you know, way later in the movie. But up until that time, I liked, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I liked how I felt as I was watching it, like trying to yeah, figure out what that. this character, what what is his motive? What What is he? You know, what is this? How did this come about? You know, I had all these questions and the movie kind of plays with you. 
You know what I mean? It kind of plays with you. It reveals a little, a little, a little, but still not giving you any answers. And then finally you get the answers and you're like, I didn't like all of it, but I didn't hate it either. That's, that's literally how I felt when it was all said and done. So I think it was entertaining enough. I think it's an entertaining enough journey to recommend just because of just how it made me feel throughout. And and I think because, and a lot of that is because of what you said, Heather, the unique way in which it told the story. Sure. Maybe all the character elements and the happenings aren't unique, but it definitely told this story in an unorthodox way. When you thought you were going to get the the left hand, that boxer hit you with the right. And then, and then when you thought it was a good time to block high, that boxer went low. And then just when you thought maybe it was, uh, there was an opening and you could get a punch. All of a sudden you get hit in the face. That is literally what this movie is. You think you know where it's going. Then it goes, wait a second. Nope. We're doing something else. And I don't know. And maybe one person might interpret that as messy. I found it kind of fun this time. I don't know. Maybe it just caught me at the right time. And maybe it kind of caught you at the wrong time, Sterling, because it sounds like uh, everything (laughs) was going wrong before you even sat down for it. So I don't know. Maybe it caught me at the right time on the random Tuesday night. Maybe it was just what the doctor ordered, you know. Um, So, yeah, I recommend it on that. I think if you watch this with a group of people, I think overall you'll probably have mostly a good time watching it, you know, even though things get a little weird towards the end. And that's it. So we can move on to spoilers. Um, I'll just give it a flat 70. We'll we'll go 70 people saying nope. But then unlike the nope movie, doing it anyway. Out of 100. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Just to piggyback a little bit off of what you were saying, though, I do feel like kind of like there there would be there's a better underlying origin story here that we could have gotten i think um like i think the the deeper things that were going on with what happens in this movie they they had interesting elements that had potential to make the movie better if it was explored either differently or better mm-hmm. um i agree with that but yeah i think that I would have probably liked that story better, like hearing the origins of that or even getting a little bit of that, like um, origins of how this more than just them telling you, like, this is what's going on with it. Like, I don't know, just seeing the elements of how that progressed and what that does to specific characters in this movie. Um, I think that would have been a more interesting story. But yeah. Spoilers. Yes. Yes. All right. So like halfway through this movie, when you finally see the quote unquote bad guy, if you will, of the movie, the mother and the mother, mommy dearest, we'll call her. And she, she beats young baby scars guards head against the cave wall. And then she just stands there naked and goes like, Dude, my theater cracked the fuck up. Like. That's interesting. Because it was. I thought it was creepy. It was weird. And kind of dumb. It was weird. (laughs) 
it was weird, but it caught me so off guard that it did scare me because something creeping out of the shadows and then how fast and quickly you just see, you know, baby Skarsgård going down like I it creeped me out. I was like, what is this? That's that's interesting that they laughed because I'm kind of in Heather's camp. Like I was like, it happens so quickly and they do these flashes and I thought it was effective how she appeared out of like the, the, the shadows of that corner or whatever. Cause she appeared and then uh, you're trying to make it out. You can't quite make it out. Then you see that it's a woman. And I was like, Oh damn, it's a woman. And then it cuts to something else. Like I couldn't make much about it. And I just had questions, but I didn't laugh. I didn't go, Ha ha, a woman. I'm trying to understand how that would make somebody laugh. Are, are they just laughing because it was a naked woman? Maybe. It was a naked or, woman. W- going. It, was it the audacity of a woman being strong enough to bash a guy's head in? Maybe. No, no, no. I mean, that's the only way I could you're think taking, somebody would laugh because you don't see enough. You're taking to really, the wrong part of the scene. It's not the beating of the head. It's right after that when she stands there naked and just goes, and then it cuts. <laughs> okay. That. So it was her. Okay. So it was just that part it's right that. there. Nobody was laughing during the head beat down or any of that. It's literally the part right before the transition when she makes that weird fucking noise and then it cuts to Justin Long singing in his car. Like people were just laughing because hmm. it's absurd. Yeah, it was an awkward transition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, so much of this movie, though, like I said, I've I've just I've seen it. I've 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 experienced it in movies. It's. And it's a trope that I'm kind of tired of. I'm kind of the tired of the person or the idea that they're just so inbred. That they are weirdly physically peak human being, but mentally not. It's a weird fucking thing that I'm kind of tired of. I'm tired of the idea that somehow being inbred makes you super strong and super durable and just a God amongst men like with your physical strength and speed and durability. It's just tiresome at this point. It really is to me. I've seen it like there's a whole X-Files episode dedicated to a family that inbreeds. There's the whole, the, the wrong turn franchise is dedicated to that idea. Like so much of this, uh, the Hills have eyes. Well, I think that also has to do with nuclear radiation, but still I'm just, it's all that same type of thing. And it's tiresome. And also, the inbredness in this movie doesn't actually line up. Because the homeless guy at the end of this movie says that the 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 the, the Justin's mother dearest character is what happens when it's a copy of a copy of a copy, implying that she has been you know, is the product of inbreeding through several generations. Right? 
of this man kidnapping and raping and impregnating and then raising these kids to rape them and like so on and so forth. That she is the product of, of generations of that. But then the movie also says she's 40 years old. And you you have to use a little bit of rough mathematics to deduce how old the evil dad character is in this movie. You the argument would be he's in his he's in his 80s. Which would mean that he was in his 40s when this one was born. And you're referring to when he says she's lived in that house her whole life so about 40 years or something, right? Yeah. The the the, the homeless yeah. man says She's been there for 40 years is what he says. That's specifically what they're saying. So that would mean that her dad had her when she was, or he was about 40, but for her to be a copy of a copy of a copy, even to be just one or two copies, he would have had to have been in that house in the sixties, like 20 years it's, it would have to be at least 30 years before that, which would mean he'd be in his teens starting this off. And that's if you go super young with him impregnating the daughter of the, the one, the previous generation, you know what I mean? It doesn't line up. It's impossible for her to be in her forties and to be inbred for multiple generations by that man. It, that's what I mean when this movie sets up rules and then actually doesn't follow them. Because this movie, I, I'm basing this all on the information that the only other thing you can argue is that that man who is, you know, stuck in his bed, he's so old, is in his hundreds early hundreds, then you could maybe make that case. But then you're also arguing that he has been living in the tunnels for the last 30 or 40 years. Also, from the age of 60 to 100, he outlived the average lifespan of a man by, what, 25 years living in tunnels, drinking beer and eating potato chips. None of it lines up. The carbs give you energy, man. I did not care that much about this movie when that finally comes up. But once that happened, I cared even less. I more or less wrote this movie off at that point. Because I'm like, oh, you're just saying a bunch of shit just so you can have the trope of the inbred movie monster. Which is not even that interesting of a trope to me. It's been around too long. You're doing shit that other movies have done for too fucking long. I'm just, it's whatever to me. I mean, like I said, I've, I guess I just have a history with this subgenre of horror. The inbred monster horror. I guess I've just, you know, it's, I've been around it a little more than maybe you guys have. 
And I just, it, it does nothing for me at this point, you know? And it's just, because it's always the same tropes. They're inbred, so they're super strong, and they're super durable, and they're got the mental acuity of a five-year-old type of shit. That's the, you know, it's that shit. It's boring to me at this point. And once I really, once it got to the point to where that's what this movie was about, I was just like, yeah, whatever. And to me, you kind of knew what that was once you see Mommy Dearest. Once you get to that, it was fairly obvious to me what this was going to be. You know? And it's just kind of whatever. Because, you know, it's, it's... And to me, it was just a little too predictable. Like, I was caught off guard when they did that hard transition to the Justin Long character. And that's what I was saying is probably one of the worst transitions to me. Because it's just woman screaming, that weird scream that people in my theater laughed at, to the Justin Long storyline. When it transitions back to joining both storylines, I think that transition was a lot smoother and a lot more, like, a lot done in a better way. I don't know. I, I Anyway, that was done in a better way than I think the first transition was. You know? And it's just... Like I said, I don't know. This movie seemed just very paint-by-the-numbers to me. I felt like I... It, was telegraphing where it was going every fucking step of the way. You know, like whenever Justin Long goes down in the basement, of course he's going to find the door and he's going to go and find the shit and walk down the tunnels and end up in the same predicament. You know, of course, as soon as the guy at the beginning of the movie was like, I need to go see that room. Of course, something bad was going to happen with him doing that. And then of course the woman who you set up the entire beginning of the movie saying she would not go down there after everything she says in Dax in the entire movie says she wouldn't go down there again. Of course she does. Cause this movie dictates that that's the way it has to be, you know, right down to the end of the movie, which I'll give the at least this part of the movie the way it didn't set like set up with it being obvious was meant to be in a more comedic way. It's when the homeless man's sitting there going, I've been here for 15 years and she's never come in here. Busts in, rips his <laughs> arm off and beats the fuck out of him with it. I'll give them that. That was tight. I'm sorry. I laughed so hard. Was that the part they that. laughed at yes. in your theater? Well, Justin was saying they so laughed at a later part in the movie. I knew exactly yeah. what part he was talking about. Same. Um, yeah. well, well, there was that. Well, I was actually referencing another part, but no, that part was hilarious, but it was supposed to be the, the yes. part, the part I'm talking about. I'll get to that with my turn, but okay. this was meant to be funny. Yes. That part where he was like, man, she ain't never been up in here. And then she just came and ripped his arm off. I was laughing so hard, dude. Like that was I a just, good scene. I lost it. I lost and- it. And and like I said, at least that scene was meant to be obvious what was coming next. You know what I mean? But to me, they did so much of it. 
like Justin Long betraying her felt like obvious. The mother dearest character jumping after her to save her seemed obvious. Her being alive after falling seemed obvious. Mommy dearest being alive also after falling was obvious. Her crashing the car with Mommy dearest into the house and then going and saving him, but then coming out and she's gone. Obvious. You know, like everything to me just felt like we knew what was going to happen. There was never to me a truly surprising moment in this movie. You know, outside of maybe the actual design and look of Mommy Dearest, maybe. But to me, that's like the only surprise in this movie. Because even the red herring of Skarsgård being the bad guy in this movie was to me obvious that it wasn't him. So, I don't know. I just was there and had a time and it was a movie. But now, Justin, I'm super incredibly curious as to what the other scene was. Because to me, there's only one other scene that would dictate people laughing. And I now need to know what scene it was. So, Justin, what are your spoilery thoughts about this movie? Okay, well, the scene that I was referencing was whenever Justin Long throws her off the building and when Mommy Dearest dives, the swan dive, the... <laughs> that that Yeah, that, that's true. That, yeah. that, that was when everybody started laughing. And I think I laughed too because the look on her, on Mommy Dearest's face, that... I just that was that was such a weird that's face. fair <laughs> you know so everybody laughed um on that part and I don't know if that was meant although maybe it was because the music kind of got soft and it, it was don't... like slow motion and the music kind of got like soft and so I don't know maybe there was an element of of silliness in it that they're going for maybe they knew okay there look, had guys, to have been in that at least we in that know scene. that this is that this is really silly so we're just gonna have some fun with it maybe that was what they were going for that wouldn't surprise me and if if if, if that was what they were going for in that moment and that's fair. Maybe from the the scene, the homeless man getting his arm ripped off to the end of the movie, maybe was meant to have a sillier tone to it. Maybe, because it does. If they did not intentionally do that, then I'm actually seriously worried for them. Yeah, that is because worse than we thought. It was but joke it after joke to be after Because joke. the music, yeah, because now that I think about it, I'm trying to think about all the other aesthetics. Like, not only was the 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 face weird, but then the it slowed down, the music got soft, and it was all, you know, it did sort of a, like a soft, oh, this is a heartfelt moment, but really it's dumb. Like, I, so maybe that's what they were going for. Uh, but for me, going back to the beginning of the movie, so like as it's building with um with the Skarsgård character and her and they're having these little moments and everything like that, when you watch the preview of this, it makes it out to seem like the Skarsgård character is a culprit or maybe there are several culprits or something is going on. Uh, in this house or whatever, like when you watch the preview of it, you're that they sort of 
showcase that preview to where you're not really sure about the Skarsgård character. And so when the movies first started off, I think they play around with you with that. You know, now I can't argue to the effectiveness of it. And I mean, the movie knew that that was not the point anyway, because then it's going to introduce all these other characters and do all these other things. But in the moment, while he's being charming, I'm sitting there wondering, okay, when is this going to turn? You know, when is the bad coming or when is the 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 thing going to happen? You know, I'm waiting on the thing to happen that I saw in the previews. So that happens, you know, and then, you know, all of a sudden the door opens, all this stuff. And, you know, they do some things to play around with. Is he trustworthy or not? What's going on with that and stuff like that? So all of that. I thought was good. All the back and forth between um, between her and Skarsgård, I thought was fine. I, I, I was cool with all of that. Um, then whenever you go underground, and at first it is this woman, you know, this woman that we don't know anything about. The first time seeing her, she comes out, bashes his head in, and you're like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? And for me, I was intrigued. I was like, okay, so the bad person is a woman. Well, what is this about? And then when it does that jump cut to to Justin Long, they almost completely lost me then because I was like, oh no, like you built all this momentum and then you cut to this and now we're kind of starting over. And I don't know if that was the the best choice. Like, I, I think I agree with you when you say it was just a bad transition. I, and I wonder about that. I wonder if there was a better way to do that and a better way to introduce him and stuff like that. I just don't know if I agree with that transition because you built me up to this point. We kind of saw glimpses of the villain and then all of a sudden that's taken away and then and now I'm introdu- I'm being introduced to this new character. But I will say this about the Justin Long character. I kind of liked how that was building too. And that got me... I guess back invested in the movie because, you know, he's on the phone talking about these sexual allegations and the movie kind of goes back and forth with, okay, is, did this happen? Is he a bad person or is he not? You know, the movie plays around with you with that. Then we go to the club and he's kind of talking and I'm like, okay, you know, this guy's kind of a bastard. You know, at first you see scenes and it's like, oh, he's talking to his mom and He's like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, at first you're kind of feeling bad for him and you don't really know if he's guilty or not. You know, you're kind of there with the movie. I thought the movie did a good job building him. And then finally, when he's there at the party or whatever, and he's talking to his friend and he starts talking about it. Well, yeah, you know, she said no at first, but then, you know, she came around and all of this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Justin Long, you're a son of a bitch. Then, so, and then as the movie's going along, you're you're just kind of wondering, it just had me wondering how this was all going to go. You know, um, I, I mean, obviously I figured that Justin Long would probably get his. I mean, that, that you know, after they established, okay, this is who he is, then you kind of knew, okay, somehow he's going to get 
his. You know, I knew that. Um, so none of that was surprising, but I did like the build of him, even though I didn't like the abrupt transition to him. I liked the build of him and how they sort of played with you on what that character is. So, so I guess that's why most of that worked for me, even though I didn't like the way that it started, um, with the mommy dearest character. It's interesting that you sort of focused on, the years and the whole story about the, um, the, the, the copy of the copy of the copy and all of that stuff. I didn't add up the years or anything like that, but I just didn't like the explanation. I thought it was too little. And I think it focused on the wrong thing. I was more intrigued by this obsession with motherhood that mommy dearest had, I really think if you had focused on that and the origin story had been built around, and then I just thought that maybe it was the daughter of this woman who he was stalking, who we saw in that flashback that he was stalking and all of that kind of stuff. I just thought maybe that was the daughter of the the person that he was stalking. And maybe this, and I thought maybe this mother obsession probably came from her mother seeing seeing her mother be tortured and all that kind of stuff and maybe the mom was trying to love her but they were being tortured and raped by this guy and blah 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 and so it just sort of created this monster woman who is obsessed with motherhood you know because of what happened to her mother i thought that's where the story was going and I kind of wish maybe they had went that way. I wish I could have saw this woman growing up and being in cages and like this mother tendency coming up. And if the explanation kind of would have been like this, she's doing all of this because of like, you know, because she believes that she is this mom and she believes she's protecting her kids. And, you know, a, a, a mom would do anything, you know, a, a, a mother that cares for her kids would do anything. I don't know. Maybe there was some a better explanation somewhere in there. Kind of like how you were talking about Heather and needed this better origin story. I totally agree with that. I just think the copy of the copy thing and she's a monster now. I didn't like that explanation either. But but it was less about the calculation of years and it was just more about the execution and how they did that. I think there was another way to do this that would have been kind of cool because I was intrigued by this woman, this strong, this freakishly strong, like physically able woman who's like obsessed with motherhood and even though she had the power to overcome her abuser and dominate him and kill him or anything in every way, was still like, because of that abuse and everything, afraid of him and couldn't do anything to him. And this sort of obsession with motherhood that the that the patriarch started, I think there is a much better story in there with those character elements and all of that intrigued me but it just sort of winds up being silly at the end 
And that sort of felt wasted to me. So I saw the potential in that character. You know, and some of that's fair, Justin, you know, um, but to me, I mean, the reason why I'm sitting there and paying attention to the fact that they're saying the copy of a copy and all this other stuff is just because of the, to me, the tiresome inbred monster person is part of the story. You know, when I'm already not invested in that, and then I hear them start trying to explain it, I'm like, okay, let me hear the explanation. And I'm just sitting there going, that doesn't track, that doesn't track, that doesn't track. I agree with you in parts, though. Her wanting, the whole weird obsession she has with the motherhood aspect of it all, incredibly intriguing. Not really yeah. brought up in the movie. And I, and I, I wish I they agree had with focused you. on that. They, they, they but that, but they, they are though. That's the weird thing about it. They are focused on it, but at the same time, they're not. Hmm. Yeah. Because, because it is a big part of the movie. I mean, that's how they, so quote unquote, that's how she beats the boss, so to speak. It's because of those mother tendencies that ultimately our female heroine wins, but Man, they needed that should have been the cru- the like the crux of that character. Everything should have been predicated on her all of this happened and she developed this motherly obsession. And so it's almost like you know how they say like sometimes, you know, we've seen st- real actual stories where these mothers do amazing things to protect their children. So this so I think there was maybe something there with that that could have explained why she's able to do all of these things because of what's going on inside with her believing she's protecting her kids and stuff. I think you could have went that way and it would have been a little more realistic and a little bit easier to a better explanation rather than just what you're saying. It's just kind of that same inbred kind of story where, oh, a copy of a copy of a copy means we have a monster. And I think, man, if you had went the other way and locked into that mother thing and the abuse thing, man, I think you would have had something a lot stronger for sure. I agree because but, those were the most interesting parts of the movie to a degree. It's just every time you kind of got invested in that shit and were curious and kind of on the edge of your seat and wanting to get deeper into that aspect of the story, the movie just went out of its way to never give it to you. Yeah, like the whole bottle and the milk bottle and, you know, suck on it. She wants you to suck on it. Also, why the know, fuck like, is she getting all this milk? <laughs> these things just... um like, man, the choices. I mean, just some of those things, man. If if it had just maybe candid on that a little bit and really tried to have that character, like, be a little more perverse and weird and sad and kind of tragic and it say something about the, 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 the whole, like, obsession with motherhood, because that's a real thing, too. I, I think maybe you could have hit that and like, and that's another thing that's kind of the man's fault, you know, like, I think you could have hit that hard and had something, man. But anyway, 
Not to beat a dead horse, but you get what I'm saying. Heather, what about you, though? What are your spoilery thoughts about this movie? Well, I kind of, part of me was thinking that her whole obsession with motherhood was more because, um, because of the abuse and like, you know, just wanting something where you feel safe or you feel like you can protect or you feel like, you know, you can make the situation different for some, for even yourself and someone else, you know. And part of me thought that that was what that obsession was about. Um, but also, I I don't know why, but in my mind, I was thinking like, well, I mean, if there's all this inbredness going on, maybe she, you know, had kids and they didn't survive or, um, you know, or something like that. Like, or maybe the evil man who lived there like had to kill the kids or something or decided to kill the kids. And she had to witness that happening. Like I kind of was thinking that more so might be why she's so obsessed with motherhood. They're not super clear on it. Um, that would have been cool things, too, honestly. All of that would have been cool it to made explore sense. and look yeah. at and see. Yeah. Exactly. Cause I think exploring the whole, obviously abuse that was happening it would have just been so interesting to see like mentally, how was she getting to the place that she was at with this to where it just regressed in her mind to just like, I want to be a mom, you know, because she doesn't have the full development really to speak properly or anything like that. But she has these motherly instincts and like, obviously it's alluding to the fact that she was not, I mean, I don't know if say she wasn't always like that, but like just seeing like the things that might've happened to cause her actions to be what they were would have been an interesting story. Um, hard to watch. Yes, obviously, but just for the exposition of what's going on, I think it would have been helpful. And I think it would have brought a better understanding to what this movie was. If that is what it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? If that's what it was trying to say, that could have brought a different light on on that because I think the better story here would have been the story about, um, you know, abuse and about trauma and like what you can become with all of this trauma. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like that would have been a better story here, but, um, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. The obsession with motherhood was, was, but again, not clear. Um, so you can take it any direction and they should have explored that more because like Sterling said, her wanting to be a mom is the sole reason that she's taking these people and keeping them, but they don't, you know, give much more than just like, that's what she's wanting to do, you know? Um, but I do think it's interesting how quickly Tess figures out what's going on. I'm curious how she figured it out so quickly. Um, <laughs> she just automatically was like, all right, cool. I mean, I don't know how long she was there, but I mean, I mean, long enough to still, you know, be alive when she was only apparently drinking milk or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I'm just, yeah, because she just very quickly figured it out, 
You know what I mean? Um, and I also think that I get what you mean about Justin Long's character. Like, I like how he was fleshed out. I like that aspect of what they did with him. But I think that they should not have had that scene where he was at the bar or the club or whatever it was he was at because it would have been so much better if this whole time we don't know whether he did or didn't do what he's being accused of until the, you know, and then he has that moment when he's there with the homeless guy talking about it. Right. And he's like, you know, maybe I'm just a bad person that made a mistake. Like, and then he's like figuring out in his mind, even like, did I do something and I didn't mean to, and I'm a bad person. And then you're still not sure. And then at the end, when he clearly throws Tess off this water tower, that's when you realize, oh, he's exactly what people are saying he is. That would have been a way better way to do that, I think. You know, to where you don't even know up until the very last minute there if you should be rooting for this guy or not. I think that that would have been a way better way to do I it. I completely agree with you. I think yeah. that that story arc is infinitely more interesting if you get rid of the bar scene. You get rid of the mm-hmm. drunken apology phone call. And yeah. you have him just denying it and have him be less like vitriolic about it. Don't have him sitting yeah. there calling her a lying bitch constantly. Just have him denying it and denying it and denying it. And then you get to that scene where they're with the homeless man. He's like, am I a good person that made a mistake or am I a bad person? Like it, like I just, you don't, I don't even know really who I am and like all these things. Cause then you kind of give him an arc because when he has yep. that scene in the homeless encampment, there is nothing in this movie that truly makes you go. He is a good person that maybe just made a mistake. No, he's a fucking repulsive asshole the entire movie up until that point. Well, I guess I should say the entire half of the movie he's in until that point. You know, he's always calling her a lying bitch, but then he's like talking to his friend. He's like, oh, you know, I had to convince him. You know how he's like, you're like, oh, so you're an asshole and you did sexually assault that woman. And then when he calls her and he's apologizing, you're like, yep, you totally sexually assaulted that woman. You're an asshole. So no, you're not a good person that made a mistake. Obviously. That, that that scene has no earned yeah. momentum. There's nothing other than him having a near-death experience. There's nothing to really give him that momentum of going, oh, he's having an arc. Because how effective would it have been if none of that other stuff happened and that's the first time he's talking about it? Exactly. You know, that would have been so effective. And then it, yeah. it adds to him being repulsed at that guy's tapes that that guy had in his room it has him wanting to save Tess after shooting her have a little bit more impact everything makes more sense and then when you get the turn of him throwing her off the water tower it actually would be a more impactful scene instead of just being an of course scene with the weird cartoonish swan dive it would have been more of a twist because you're yeah. just like, oh, man, this guy, this poor guy, maybe he's a good guy. That's just, you know, being accused. And then you're just like, oh, damn. No, he's not. He's exactly that person. Like that would have been. Yeah, I 
I that would have felt so much more earned if they would have done it that way. Because the way it plays out in the movie with knowing that he did sexually assault that woman, it feels like he's just saving Tess to have like good publicity to be like, look, obviously I'm not the what everybody's saying I am. I saved this woman. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like because then it's Yeah. Yeah. It's also at that point though where you like when you realize that he's clearly done this thing, that's also when I knew for sure that he was going to die <laughs> at some point in the movie. Like he kind of sealed his own fate by like saying what he did. I just had a feeling that that meant, you know, something was going to happen where he was going to end up dying. You know, I agree with that, too, because they more or less set up in this movie. That's going to be seriously weird if the rapist is alive at the end of the movie. Correct. And you yeah. know it pretty much the entire half of the movie he's in. That he's going to die because he's a rapist. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, like, I I really liked uh, Bill Skarsgård in this. Like, he he was probably the most interesting one. I mean, Tess was good, too. I liked her. But Bill Skarsgård, like, I just think he's a good actor. Like, he's not in a lot of things, right? Like, but he's been in enough to where he's got range. And, like, just his conversations felt so naturally done with Tess. And I think that's why I enjoyed their scenes and that part of the movie better because their dialogue was good, you know, and you're still trying like he he's weird or odd enough to where you also with him don't know. You're like, is he this good guy or is he about to just murder her straight up? Like, you don't know because he seems super nice, but he's got like a weird standoffish vibe about him and just the way he played that was so good you know what I mean and like I I honestly did think that he was in on this whole thing up literally almost right until he died (laughs) I was almost like he's still tricking her just to get her to go down there and then that wasn't what happened he completely was like no someone bit me (laughs) like we need to leave and then that's when I knew that he definitely wasn't in on it but you know what I mean like just the way that those characters are played, like, I don't know. I, I just think that Bill Skarsgård did such a good job with that because that's part of what kept me interested at the beginning because you're like trying to figure him out and you're just like, I need to pay attention to everything he's doing to know if he's good or not, because <laughs> it's going to drive me crazy to not know, you know, because he like gained her trust and he seemed like such a gentleman and all these things. You know what I mean? And just completely the opposite of Justin Long's character. Um, And I do think it's kind of cool how they did those very opposite people um, with Tess in the situation and um, how she didn't even really know that guy. She didn't really even know Justin Long's character that well, except for when he was in that dire situation with her. Yet her decision to say, I think we need to go back and save this guy. like. It was the same for either one of these guys. She would have wanted to save either one of them. And I think that that also speaks to her character in this movie where she's like, no, I'm not just going to leave this guy down here to die. Like, yeah, I got out, but somebody's about to get murdered and I still need to help, you know? And I think that that's kind of cool because it speaks to her as a, as a character too. And just her like good nature of just, you know, (laughs) wanting to fix the situation but I also don't know, like, why does this homeless guy know so much about this whole thing? <laughs> like, I know he's lived there for 15 years or whatever, but 
like is he just hearing the random stories and he's like oh she goes out at night don't you know just don't be around when she does like he just was like a a wizard of knowing everything going on and I'm like well also why do you live there like yeah he's homeless but I feel like at that point I'd be like okay I'm going to camp out somewhere else (laughs) if there's this crazy lady running around here like this every single night you know what I mean and yeah so I thought that was interesting and also it didn't really make a lot of sense with the whole she comes out of the house at night like then why would she not just kill the people in the house when she goes up there instead of waiting till they come down to her in the tunnels like you know what I'm saying or or take them not even kill them necessarily but take them or whatever you know that aspect of it I did think is another thing that this movie like failed at because they set up that she comes out at night and does all these things. You can make the argument that she comes through the tunnels, through these other houses, which also, how is there an entire fucking like mine tunnel? That's perfectly crafted under this entire fucking neighborhood. Oh like, yeah. That's right. a little weird to me, <laughs> but yep. they could have had her like at one point when they're walking or like, that's the, you know, when they're like trying to escape or whatever, like she, they could have it where she comes out from another house, you know, and using that to explain why and how she goes around. And yep. like he said, leaves at night because I completely agree with you, Heather, whenever, you know, they sit there and say, oh, she comes out at night and all these other stuff. Why didn't she come get them at night then when they're just sleeping in that house, you know, like. Yeah. Why wouldn't so why wouldn't they just <laughs> do that, you know? And Yep. So like I I completely agree with that Heather. They should have, you know, explained that better. Just not had that fucking line in there or something. There's just so many better ways they could have nailed that down, you know? And I think another way they could have tied that character into the theme of the movie and all this other stuff is whenever they're having that scene whenever they're going around and like in the past and it's in the eighties and all that other shit and they're driving around and you're following that. I don't know. Have that guy be at one of the fucking houses, like in the yard, like watering his yard or some shit showing yep. that's the neighborhood he lived in. That's why he stayed there, even though he's now homeless and the, 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 the neighborhood's just in disrepair. Okay. Now you have him have a clear attachment to the neighborhood. Yep. It's a quick, easy fix. Yeah. That this movie just didn't yeah. want to do. I think one thing that there was a very big missed opportunity in this movie is that scene when they're sitting there at the table and they're talking. One thing they could have done to kind of add to the whole idea that maybe baby Skarsgård was going to be the, the, the bad guy is while they're talking, they could have like, he could have said something like, Oh, do you want to see a cool trick? And she's like, Sure. And they're drinking the wine and he could have just been sitting across from the table from her. And then he could have had his eyes go weirdly in different directions because in the movie it, when Pennywise does that, that's, that's not a CGI trick. Bill Skarsgård actually can do that with his eyes. He does that. So they should have had that to make it be like, Ooh, that's kind of creepy. But then it's also could be like, you know, they could have played it off. Like it's a harmless, weird thing he can do, but it also adds a creepy factor to him a little bit that then maybe adds to the whole idea that he might be the killer in this movie when they're doing Ooh. all that. 
Um, because the whole story and the reason why I know this is because apparently Bill Hader in the second it movie was like, hey, like, so when they did that, that was like a CGI thing, right? And then Bill Skarsgård just does it. And Bill Hader freaks the fuck out because he did not know that that was <laughs> something he could do. And like, then they laugh that's about funny. it. Like, he laughs about it, but he was just like caught off guard because apparently that's what he can do. So I'm like, no, oh, that would have added. That to would it. be creepy to see. Yeah. You know, like, actually give no, it a thing. Where it actually, you know, uh, to like works within the realm of all that. I mean, like I said, this movie just missed a lot of opportunities and what they gave me, I wasn't necessarily just kind of down with, you know, I didn't like, I yeah. hated the end of the first act, if you will, the first half of the movie, whenever they're sitting there and they're like going down and he she's like there's obviously a rape murder room in this house and he's like i have to see it or it doesn't exist and then he goes down there and sees it and he goes oh man this is a rape murder room hey what's down this dark tunnel let's keep going well but even also to that point too whenever He's like, well, I mean, yeah, this is, you know, that's stuff that maybe they just have in storage, a bed and like a whatever. And it's like, no, like that's when you explain also like, no, it's not stacked up. It's like there is a bed with a camera pointed at it and a bloody hand on the wall. Like that's why you explain it instead of just saying, no, there was a bucket and a bed and a camera. Like that's not how you explain it if you're trying to convince them that somebody mur was murdered down there. Like, I agree. But then I also felt like she described a rape murder room. I don't feel like she described yeah. basement storage. I feel like she kind of laid out. There's a rape murder room in the basement. And you know what? You're right. And she did say that. But like she could have just driven a hope more by like, oh, why would a storage room have it set up like that? Or something. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, you're you're right. I I got what she was saying from it. But I'm like. If he was still not convinced, just be like, cool, let me explain to you how this was set up. <laughs> you know, I agree. But yeah, it, it was there was just a lot of things that didn't necessarily add up in, in that way. And like, I also I'm not fully sure. Maybe you guys know, but I'm not fully sure what the point of like seeing all of those tapes were of all the girls that he was watching. Like, obviously it's saying that this guy's been doing this for a long time, but I'm just trying to think like, how does that connect with the mother who was actually, you know, in the tunnels and living there, you know, it, it's just to show that he was a bad guy. And that's why this mm. mother dearest exists is she's a rape incest baby. That's grown up. Okay. That's the sole purpose yeah. of that. And it's also to tie in the fact that the, the homeless guy said, oh, she's not the real evil down there. So you also know that this man is living down there. Have you gone? Like, has he gone in the tunnels? Cause that's what it really sounds yep. like that. He's actually mapped that shit out. And why hasn't he called the cops to, uh, well, it, say hey there's a rapist well, down the there's basement. there is the reasonable explanation of that and they show it in the movie that he's homeless so therefore the cops wouldn't believe him just like they didn't believe you know her when they think you know yeah. she's not that which i mean i kind of get the point of that scene but then i kind of don't because there are things right there in that scene 
that they could have used to verify her story real quick. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, her car sitting right in front of the fucking house still. She could have gone, hey, that's my car. Run its plates. This is my name. Right. This is my address. This is, you know, like she could have given them all the information they're going to find on a fucking vehicle registry. And be like, look, that's me. They can fucking do all that. They can then pull up her ID based on that with the state, the, the, all the information they had, they could have pulled up her driver's license on their little computer. They could have done all that. She could have showed them the B and B, uh, confirmation. Well, and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know if she still... Did she have her phone still at that point? It's, her phone was probably oh, she in the house still. Yeah. She oh, broke never out mind. Of the basement. She didn't. But I'm she just, didn't have it. But I'm just saying, there's a vehicle Oops. right there that's hers. It's obviously yeah. a very nice newer vehicle. You know, if they're not believing her because she doesn't have ID, they could have done something with that. You know what I mean? Like, there were so many things right there that make it not line up. And yeah, that's fair. And I think the, the weirdest part of that and what irked me with the whole cop scene was like, they wouldn't have just like left her there at that house. I feel like they would have like, would they have? Oh yeah. I feel like they would have been like, all right, like come to the station or if they think she's just a druggie flipping out about something. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. And then they had also gotten a call that something kind of pressing was going on somewhere else and they needed the units to get over there. So he just really wasn't trying to hear her. And then she was in a panic. She's not thinking clearly either. She's yelling and in a state of shock. It's just, you know, it, it was just one of those things. I didn't really, I wasn't really, I wasn't really, um, interested in really dissecting that that that's cops that could go either way you know but yeah i do think the the part that you were talking about with um the the poor guy and he could have been from the neighborhood yeah the the there could have been a way to connect him and then also now i'm thinking about the whole b&b confirmation that they both got who sent them that because okay. it wasn't that was, Justin Long. That's very he easy. didn't know about it. No, no, no. But it establishes in this movie he's using a property management company. So they're the ones that would either rent it to a potential like renters or because it's in a bad neighborhood and they know they can't actually get somebody to like move in there and rent the place out. They do it as an Airbnb and put it on multiple sites. That's what that company would do. Mm. But when Justin Long called them and was like, hey, is somebody staying here? They that was my next point. Acted like they didn't know, though. They were like, oh, well, you know, no, no, no. We have nothing. There is a Um, line because they say the last people were there were a couple of weeks ago. It's this. That's the thing. The first part of the movie and the Justin Long arriving there is a couple of weeks apart. So that's why she said we don't have anybody booked to be there right now. Okay. Because that was my next point I was going to bring up is like, Mm. that doesn't make sense. Because it sounded like just the way that that was going down made it feel like somebody set it up. No, the movie does a bad job of establishing the length of time. 
because there okay, is the line. See. There's the line. The last people or the last person that was there was a couple of weeks ago is the line. But then when you see that mm-hmm. woman in the dungeon being fed just off bottled milk and she doesn't look like she's yeah. been down there for a few weeks just drinking milk. Right. You don't get that time relativity visually. And plus, because of the whole mix up with the Airbnb, you almost just feel like, well, I just don't trust what this lady's telling me because she wasn't right about any. So you're almost like, maybe like, is she just lying? Is she, you know what I mean? Like, you just don't know. You don't think about that line that she says because of the way that they set it up before that. You that's know? fair. See, I just didn't think it had been two weeks. I didn't. So when she said, uh, you know, it was a few weeks ago. I didn't think she was referring to them. I thought that exactly. she was referring to some other people before them. That before yeah, them, same. you know, I didn't think two weeks had elapsed. But I mean, the, I guess that makes sense for the movie if she was referring to them. Yeah. But uh, but 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 like you said, even like the the time that she was down there and everything, it didn't seem like that much time had passed, but. The movie, yeah. I guess, if it was two weeks, it was two weeks. But then, but to your point, it doesn't make too much sense that she was just drinking milk for two weeks. And but. that's the problem: is it works either way? Yeah, because the movie does not gel it enough yeah. to make it actually a definitive answer. I took it one I mean, way; you guys took it different. It works technically both ways because the movie yeah. doesn't really do a good job selling it either way. You know? I guess the the one the one thing that could be said for saying that there was a gap of time was when we first see Justin Long and he has the accusation because he's on that phone call. And then you cut to the scene of him with his lawyer saying like, OK, I got all this stuff. Basically, like he had done a lot of work and he's at the point where he's, you know, trying to get the stuff figured out already. So at that in that sense, yeah, like that wouldn't have been a same day or next day conversation he was having with the guy from when he was fired to when he's talking to the guy about his finances, you but, know, but still. That's if you take the movie at face value, saying that he is Fair. accused of that stuff after they're in the house. That could have actually been like five months before they were in the house. True. You know, that's true. Yeah. The movie, like I said, does not clearly establish timelines in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, that just depends on how you look at it in that regard. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just kind mm-hmm. of iffy either way. And, you know, like, and to Justin Long's character's credit in this, when he's talking to the property management group, and they're like, well, we send the cleaners before somebody comes there. No, you would never do that. Because if that place has just been destroyed, you would want to know right away. So then that way you can report it to Airbnb and get recuperation for it. You can't Mm -hmm. do it if you're like, hey, these people four weeks ago trashed my house. And I'm just now reporting it six months later because we haven't had any renters in that amount of time. Because then they can always argue. Somebody else did it. You can't say it was me. Somebody else did. It's been six months. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been five days. You can always say somebody else did, it, especially in that neighborhood. You'd be like, mm-hmm. anyone else did it. Anyone else did it. 
You know, you can argue any number of things. No, if they're if they're doing anything, they're doing both. They're they're at least sending somebody over there to look at it the day after or later the day after somebody checks out. You know what I mean? They might not be cleaning. Somebody's putting eyes on it because there's too much financial liability not to. Even if you're trying to save money, okay, you send your fucking assistant to go do it. You know what I mean? They're already working. They could just go yeah. look at the house. Mm-hmm. There's too much liability in that regard. And that's the yeah. thing is, and, and people run scams on Airbnb for that shit. They'll intentionally, they'll accuse renters of doing shit just to make money because it's always slanted in the renter's favor and not the rentees. You know, that's the whole point of those companies. And that's the problem to me. That's just written like that for convenience, not for logic, not for anything else. That's just written like that for convenience, you know, and too much of this movie was that to me. Yep, that's fair. But see, like, to me, like, so much of this movie set up things that that would have been nice. You know, like I said, just tying that homeless guy to that neighborhood. A quick line or just a quick little visual shows it, especially when they kind of set it up. Whenever that guy's, like, watering his lawn or mowing his lawn or checking whatever the fuck the neighbor was doing. And he's like, yep, we're going to leave because, you know, this neighborhood is just not what it used to be. And then you can have a drive down that, that, that. The road, and you just see the one black family, and you're like, "Yep, that's the bullshit he's on." Mm, and it just yeah. turns out later that it's the homeless guy. You know, that's very much on par with you know white America in the Reagan era being on that bullshit. So, yeah, yeah, you, you like tie yeah. all these little things together. Like, there's so many things you can tie together in this movie. And they yeah. just don't. But then they tie random shit together. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I actually. I was actually starting to think that like these were not going to be connected stories. I was starting to think for a minute that it was just going to be like the different people that have gone to this house and sort of what's happened to them when they went. And like maybe at the end have this thing of, oh, look at all of the dead bodies of these people throughout the years. I thought for a minute that that's what they were going to do when they cut to Justin Long the way that they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I didn't think that they were actually going to be, you know, in the same time frame or like it was something like after Tess was there and Tess was killed or something and he was there after it and it was going to be about how he died or something. And that's what I thought they were going to do. Do you think that would have been a better way to do it? Just make them individual stories that didn't necessarily tie together other than just they were all at the house. I don't think it could have hurt it. You know, because okay. part of me, like I was just thinking about it and I was like, would that have made this movie better to just not tie them together? Yeah, but, they, but then you don't have that solution at the end. Yeah, I you want to have tests surviving at the end. That's why they had them tied together like that. But I also yeah. think this movie missed a lot of opportunities with some of the stuff too. Like another interesting thing they could have delved on or looked into or expanded upon would be somewhere down in there, there's gotta be like a room of decomposing skeletons and shit 
from all right. the, the victims and the other children that they had and all kinds of stuff. Like there should be something. Baby like scars guard. Like where'd he go? Yeah, they, they <laughs> have a scene of like just a dead body room. That's just like somewhere in the tunnels yeah. that like Justin Long could have been like going around and found that. And then that's whenever he gets, you know, attacked by mama dearest is, you know, he's just mm-hmm. going down there measuring shit, blah, 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 do, 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 do comes across the dead body room. You've got a yeah. kind of decomposed Bill Skarsgård, which would have done what? Helped establish timelines. Because mm-hmm. if he's kind of still yep. somewhat fresh and somewhat recognizable, then you're like, oh, hey, yeah, been down there that long. Kind of helps establish that. Then you see some other skeletons. They're like really old and they're just skeletons and all this other stuff. What's that do? Helps establish that it's been there for a while other than just saying that, but not really tying any of that to anything specific. Yeah, because I thought Justin Long was going to run into baby Skarsgård's body when he was down there. Like, I thought that that's what was going to happen. And then he was going to be like, what the hell's going on down here? Someone should have. not what they did. Yeah. Because otherwise, where yeah, the that fuck is been it? Cool. Yeah. yeah. And like, why would that lady move the body, you know, if she killed it and she's not trying to keep it as a baby? Like, she probably would have just left it there, I would think. That's a fair assessment, you know? Heather. Why would she move the body from there? Like... It's a dead yeah. body at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And at the point when other people are down there, they're far enough in where she's going to grab them. Like, it's not going to matter <laughs> if it's there, you know? Very true. Yeah. There there should have been. I agree with that. They, they should have found some dead bodies or at least there should have been something she was doing with them. What if she went and you went into a room and they were all like, like some were in cradles some were like all like prettied up like she had like made made them look like a skeleton family or something because you know she's a mom and she's trying to commemorate these bodies of yeah. these people or something you know you, you there should have been something with bodies yeah or just whether showing it was the depravity of it of all the character or whether it was just we found them because this is where they she stores them. Yeah, that that this should have been somewhere. Yeah, or just show add to the depravity of it all and show that she has to like eat the bodies because you know that's her. That's how she's surviving. Yeah, yeah that's how I she's mean, been. And yeah, the reason that I thought there were babies at some point is because Justin Long ran into some baby clothes when he was down there with the old man. And that's why I was like, maybe there were babies that got killed <laughs> or, you know, that he threw the bodies out because he or some, you know, something like that. I don't know. But that's why I thought like her whole thing was, oh, maybe she like lost a ton of babies. And that's why she's so set on being a mom right now. You know? Yeah. I think that by not showing anything, they thought that that would keep the mysterious up, the mysteriousness of it. But I think you did need to show something at a certain point, you know, because where she, because like you said, yeah, the bodies would have just had to have been somewhere, you know. Even if he didn't discover them right then when he saw the baby room and the instructional video plan and all of that stuff, um, yeah, the, the they should have been somewhere. And I really like your idea about taking the bar scene from Justin Long, you know. And I like my idea about focusing on the why of Mommy Dearest. And I think if it had just had some of those ideas, man, 
We could have made a great movie, guys. <laughs> yeah, you 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 took the time to show the backstory of the dad, but not of the main quote right. unquote villain, if you will. Like, there's so many things that yep. they spent time on that you just didn't have to. You didn't have to really show that interview. You didn't really have to show her going, "Oh, I'm staring at an Airbnb in the Bolshevik district," and she's like, "Oh, the Bolshevik district? No, that's that's oh no." Like you didn't have to have right. all that. You didn't have to have 20 minutes of her arguing with the cops. You know, you could have just had her <laughs> call the cops and then, then be like, yeah, we'll get there and just never show up. You get the ultimate fucking thing and you get the same result. Way less time that you could have devoted to more interesting shit. Yeah. But I mean, also speaking of that whole situation, though, like with um why was that instructional video like still playing right it's a videotape like, why it would have been worn the fuck out yeah but that but also like why would she still need that if she's done this well, so much well that's the thing is it doesn't establish whether or not she had kids though it does not I mean, establish yeah, that she true. did it's just yeah, established that's the that narrative i just thought of women i guess did yeah. down there so, like, that could have been the only thing she had. Like, and that's why she was so desperate yeah. to kidnap people and make them her babies. Because that's the only thing she had to watch was baby instructional videos. So, like, that's all she had. You know mm. what I mean? That was the closest thing it she had to feel human like interaction. Because her dad was obviously locked in a room that she was never supposed to go into. So, she never went there. So, like, that's the mm. only thing she had. You, like that's the argument with it but it's like this videotape's been playing on a loop for 40 fucking years how is it not worn the fuck out it's a videotape right you know and also with the dad like if she was never supposed to go there like how was he doing anything like even when justin long was there he's like i need all these things how are you even moving and doing that before where did he get <laughs> canned beverages because there was like right. he kicked over some cans at one point like yeah or the water or the yeah like anything like, where did that come from if nobody's supposed to be in that room with you and you are not moving from your bed? This is very Yeah, weird. I, I get I that the idea is that maybe that the daughter or the monster, mommy dearest, whatever you want to call her, is going out at night and maybe stealing shit. But then also, mm. there's like a six foot naked woman running around. Like, I know it's Detroit, but still, it's a <laughs> six foot naked woman. <laughs> right. Someone's going to yeah, see seriously. her. You know, I also the only other thing I wanted to say was like, I, I do feel like the ending was a little abrupt. Um, I think that just cutting straight away from her, like shooting, you know, the mom or the mother. I feel like there should have just been a little bit more after that. I don't know. I feel like that was just very abrupt. And like, yeah, you kind of see slowly as the credits are going, she's walking away and you assume that she survives. Um it actually kind of looked like she was dragging a body to me. Maybe she was just limping, but it looked like she was dragging a body. And I was like, are they going to show if it's the mom or if it's Justin? <laughs> I took it as she was limping. Okay. But, yeah. I thought maybe she was trying to drag a body or part of the I body. I think with her. though that she should have like, it should have shown her like, I think they should have shown more during the credits. Like maybe her walking to the yeah. police station, some, a hospital. I thought there was going to be an after some, credits. Like, thing. Yeah, yeah. Or just during the credits, you just see random scenes of her walking and walking. 
and going to a hospital yep. or going to a police station or something, going somewhere and doing something because she has been shot. So her going to a hospital would be the smartest thing in the world because it, it's a mandatory yeah. report. You have to report a gunshot victim. Where'd you get shot at? At the fucking house that I told you shit was going down at that you didn't go to. Yeah, I kind of thought she was going to go to the police station and she was either going to have um, the mom that she shot and be like, see, I'm not crazy. Look at this. Or that she was going to have Justin Long with her and be like pinning it all on him because he was a rapist. Yeah, murderer. but at the same time, <laughs> I, I mean, she was shot like her dragging a body. But like I said, yeah. going to a hospital, something it's a mandatory report. Police have to show up. It's a gunshot victim. Like they should have yeah. shown some of that, I think. It would have added a little bit more and you wouldn't have had to really do much more because you have, it's during the end credits. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of, you wanted enough to show her walking away. Continue telling a little story right. then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I like, would have had, I like going? the abrupt way in which the shot happens and then the credits start. I was okay with that, but yeah, it would have been cool if you got, the idea that she did make it to the police station and maybe then you see the police show up to the house and maybe they find a room of dead bodies yeah. and we see Skarsgård's mm -hmm. body and then they say man that's been on America's most wanted or some shit is identified or maybe like the missing yeah. woman, you know, evidence that missing woman that's been missing for 40 years found and all of this kind of stuff you know it might have been cool it could yeah. have had little articles or something that might have been or like a voiceover cool. talking about it that was yeah. cool actually like that a news anchor kind of cool like a news anchor yeah. telling the story yeah oh i completely agree maybe that should have been how it ended because there's a naked woman at a justin long dead body in the middle of the street there's a fucking viscerated homeless man in the near the water tower but yeah like show yeah. her walk to a hospital then you show the cops at the crime scene of the of mommy dearest and justice long Justin long and they've got it taped off and then it shows them at the house and it shows them going through the rooms they find the guy you hear the news story they find the dead uh, dead body room then you could even have a scene where they're doing something and like really fuck with things maybe set up a sequel or something like that show another creature like person down there yeah. Someone they didn't find. And like something. have it yeah. in like the news footage and you could do it in such a cool way. Have the news footage like news cameras or it's like police photographs or something like that. Where if you pay attention in the background, you see it. But maybe the argument is that the cops didn't see it. You know what I mean? They were just using a flash. Ooh. It's a dark thing. They didn't really see it. Implying that maybe there mm. are other people that are just like Mama Dearest down there. Like the tethered, but Mama yeah. Dearest style. Or like, but, you know, just like playing, like, maybe she's got an older brother that's down there living. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Or one of the other women or yeah. something. That actually, I would and watch that. And set up that, a sequel honestly. to it that way. You know? Yeah. Or not. I mean, it could yeah. just be a little Easter egg. And if you never make a sequel, you never make a sequel. But if you do, cool, it's right there. It's kind of a, like a neat little thing. You just show it at the beginning of the sequel. Like, you know, like where you show, you show the end credits of the last movie. And then at that scene, or like whenever it gets to a certain point, because they have no problem doing a little flashback, then you just show it. You know what I mean? Like you go back to that and you show the scene, you zoom in and go, look, it was there the whole time. Whatever. Mm. You know, there's so many other ways you could have done yeah. it. Yeah. So 
That's I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm changing my score. It's now 35 what the fuck ever's out of 100. I'm knocking more points off because the more we've talked about it, I'm like, there's more problems to this movie than I even remembered. <laughs> I liked some of the things. Yeah. I was like, whatever, it's a 50. But now I'm like, no, it's even worse. Dock it. <laughs> Less points. Dock it. <laughs> right. You know, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll take one more point away. It's a 34. I'll be exactly half of your score, Heather. I'll okay. take the lowest of both okay. y'all scores and I'll go half of it exactly. 34. What the fuck ever is out of 100 or whatever I said earlier. I don't remember. I think we should do another episode where we like try to make a movie better. <laughs> remember when we did yeah. that? That would, uh, we should do that again. That but was we, you know what? We've actually weirdly started that habit anyway. Of any time we're talking about yeah. a movie, you're like, no, you fix it by doing this, this, and this. That's and you fix fair. It. Yeah. We've kind of been doing that anyway. The funny thing is about this movie, when I was thinking about it, like my big thing of like it broke its own rules, it made me, it reminded me of the movie Malignant. And I'm like, and why I liked Malignant, because it set up a universe where there's a weird, cancer doppelganger monster thing i completely accepted the fuck out of that and actually enjoyed it (laughs) like and to me i'm like that's like the difference that movie set essentially established that that is a possibility in that movie so it didn't ruin it for me where this one establishes this but then like i said ruins it by trying to throw actual mathematics into it because my ass is actually going to sit there and go well it's only been 40 years and if she's 40 years old that really doesn't line up with her being a copy of a copy of a copy unless you're establishing that that man's dad or uncle or somebody before him was doing it too. Then you could have, then you could actually go deeper into it that this is actually a pattern thing where that's something this family has been doing for just decades and decades. Like his uncle did it and then he got it from his uncle and he just kept the chain going. Yeah. to the disturbingness of it all with it and stuff like you know, I don't know exactly how you would line that up because it's not like they really spelled it all out for you. But like some things like news stories or something in the end credits, you could just throw those tidbits in there to really kind of nail it home. Because otherwise, I don't know why you filmed the scenes of her walking away just to put in the end credits. Unless you're going to tell something else with it. Exactly. And I think you're right. Maybe that is what. I I didn't necessarily like the abrupt ending with the shot was fine, but yeah. Tell us the rest of it in the credits. Like they were doing. Yeah. That would have been completely fine. You know what? Another way you do that to end it, to maybe kind of add to it or maybe, you know, line up a potential sequel while she's walking. Like I said, have another random person that was down there. Like grab her. Like she thinks she's done. She's walking down the street and then like, you know, like we said, a brother or sister or mother or whatever just grabs her, you know, then it lines up. Then you kind of show up like, I just don't see the point in the walking down the street shots. Then I just, I don't get it. So anyway, you guys got any more thoughts about this movie? Nope. Nope. I'm good. See, we could have just spent two hours talking about Disney shit. Anyway, uh, again, thank you guys for listening <laughs> to this episode of the Simmaslayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com, Facebook, Cinemaslayers podcast, Twitter, and Instagram, where Cinema underscore Slayers. 
TikTok, we're Cinema Slayers Pod. Cinema Slayers Podcast on YouTube. Uh, give us a five-star rating review. We'd really appreciate it. On YouTube, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the little bell notification button. You know, all that shit that all us fancy YouTube people say at the end of YouTube videos. Guess what? I just said it also. Um, tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' family. Tell your family's friends. Most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because mothers love uh airbnbs breastfeeding instructional videos get it together heather oh, man. this movie set up the perfect yeah. mother's love thing it did. for you you're right or you could have just said yeah. mothers love babies mothers love babies just mothers the love their babies standard mothers love feeding their babies how about that maybe but then i don't want to no. isolate the women okay. that can't breastfeed their babies that's something that women struggle with and mothers struggle with, Heather. So mothers right. love babies. They love their babies. The end. Shout out to Plug Me Go Amudo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. And just, you know, the most important thing, and that's why I end our YouTube videos, our TikToks, and this podcast with it. Just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. I love how it has become you just correcting what I should say or answering it before I get to. It's only if you get it wrong. Uh, The last two, I was going to say what you said, but you didn't give me a chance to. (laughs) It was like as if you thought I was going to say the wrong thing. Um, Which one? The last two, the one with Idris Elba and the one with um, Sterling K. Brown. Maybe I was just I was absolutely maybe I was that. just excited to talk about them like that, Heather. Okay. That's also <laughs> valid. Maybe yes. I was showing my support of mothers by saying I love them too, so much so that it cannot be contained. Mm. Could be. Could be. Yeah. 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 My bad. So Pishaw um, to you. Because you didn't even say mothers <laughs> love their babies. I was trying to mix it up, you know? Yeah, but the, the um, character's name was Mommy Dearest. Yes. I do think they should go I back do. and change the end credits to the character when it's scrolling through Mommy Dearest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do have one quick fun fact that I was thinking about from a conversation before we started recording with M. Night Shyamalan. Um, <laughs> did you know he was a writer on She's All That? Found that out this week. Yeah, did you know he was also a writer on Stuart Little? Uh, I do remember oh, you saying it? that. He was. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, he definitely was a writer on She's All That, and I did not know that. Because I saw a post that Gabrielle Union put, and she was like, I was in this movie, and I didn't even know that. <laughs> well, uh, like a lot of writers and stuff like that are sometimes script doctors or they're punch-up writers. Like, a lot of people don't realize James Gunn wrote the first Scooby-Doo movie. Mm, okay. A lot of people don't know that, like, Carrie Fisher in the industry was, like, a well-known script doctor. You would take finalized mm-hmm. scripts to her to just punch things up or add jokes or just to like kind of smooth things out. 
She did a lot of that. That's actually what a majority of her career was. Like, yeah, she was known for iconic roles like, you know, Princess Leia and all those things. But for a long period of time of her in the industry was just her being a script doctor. And you would just take her to, like, fix scripts. So. That's awesome. But, yeah. That, I, I, I. I have heard that before, Heather. Uh, I have. I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot about it when you told. And I even when you said it, I was like, oh, that's crazy. It's when you said the Gabrielle Union part of it. I was like, oh, I do remember hearing that (laughs) at one point. I remember that part of it. I remember her saying that, like, I was in this movie and I didn't even realize he was a writer on this movie. Yeah, that I remember. With this story. But up until that point, I was like, oh, that's crazy. I knew Stuart Little, <laughs> but I did not know that mm-hmm. until you said that. And I was like, oh, I did know that. I also care so little about M. Night Shyamalan. You don't retain no, that knowledge. I will retain it about yeah. Stuart Little, though, because that movie's insane. <laughs> Do you want to know some trivia about Stuart Little? Sure. If you read the book, Stuart Little. He's not a mouse. He's not like a mouse that's adopted. He is a mouse-like human. Because he's born to human parents. In the book. Really? The movie, obviously, more or less, I guess, rightfully so, does just actually make him a mouse. But no, in the books, he is a mouse-like human. Interesting. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, it plays better if he's just a little mouse in the movies. Kind of like a Paddington. <laughs> yeah. But nowhere near as cool as Paddington or as good as Paddington. Paddington. Paddington's the best at this point, especially after those movies. Paddington. Just about damn time y'all got on my level. All I'm saying. <laughs> I'll never bring it up again until we bring up Paddington again. Then I'll say it again. All right, I'm out.